0: Uh, our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis by mailing in a donation to Adam Graham, PO Box 15913 Boise, Idaho, 83715. And I want to thank Carl and Carolyn for supporting the program in that way. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Uh, go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it is time for this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. The original air date on this one is March the 20th, 1950, and the title is International Blackmail.
1: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Dunleavy as Steve Mitchell.
2: I'm sending you to Switzerland on the next plane.
3: Switzerland? What's the matter? Your watch busted?
2: No. We're up against a case of international blackmail. Ruth, how about Steve's plane ticket?
4: Ready and waiting, Commissioner. Good. I'll check on his passport and credentials.
2: Thanks, Ruth. Now, what's all this about international
3: blackmail? Well, as you
2: know, the popular leader of a Central European country died last week. Yeah? We've taken an active interest in the affairs of that country. Mm-hmm. We sent them food and money. And done everything we can to help them establish a democracy. We've made a heavy investment in democracy, and now we've got to protect our investment. I still don't get with the blackmail. And this leader had finally succeeded in uniting his country behind him. He became a symbol of democracy in their minds. But there are interests who realize if they can discredit this man, that unity will collapse, and that country will then be an easy target for anti democratic propaganda.
3: I see. But how can they discredit the man? He's dead.
2: We have just received information before he died. He signed a confession revealing his intention to sell out his country. We happen to know that confession was obtained by force.
3: Oh, well, why hasn't it been published?
2: He had many friends, and one of them stole the confession before it could be put to use.
3: Hmm. And you want me to contact this man?
2: No, he was killed. A man named Baumgart uh, contacted us this morning. He owns the Jungfrau Inn in the Swiss Alps near Interlaken. He says he knows that the blackmailer is willing to sell this letter to the highest bidder.
3: Yeah, and those bidders'll probably have the ante up pretty high by now. Okay, how much am I authorized to bid for it? Nothing.
2: What? You know we don't bargain with blackmailers. But look, commissioner, See, get that document. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
1: National Broadcasting Company is proud to present Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two-fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment.
3: Yeah, that's my assignment. Go to Switzerland. Contact Baumgartner and find who has a document hot enough to start a revolution in Central Europe. And somehow get that document. The other team will be bidding plenty of cold cash for it. I guess I'm supposed to use box stops or just bat my baby blue eyes at somebody. Well, I get to Interlaken on Monday. I'm met by a character named Rudy. Shortly thereafter, we're winding our way up the Alps in a horse-drawn sleigh. You know, Rudy, this Jungfrau inn is about as easy to get to as the monastery in Tibet.
4: But here we are, here, Mitchell.
3: Oh, oh, there. What? <laughs> look, I don't see the inn anywhere. Wow, don't tell me it's down in the bottom of this gorge.
4: No, look across the gorge.
3: Huh? There
4: it is on the other side.
3: Hmm. Come along. Well, oh, look, I don't have wings. I still don't see how we're going. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah? Don't tell me we're supposed to ride in that contraption across this gorge. Yeah, the cable car. Come. <laughs> you call that a cable car? Looks more like an oversized coal bucket to me.
4: It is the quickest way to the Jungfrau Inn. To go around the edge of this chasm by trail takes two hours, but by cable car it is only a few minutes. <sighs> hey,
3: you know. It isn't exactly warm up here.
4: Oh, but this is mild to a former ski trooper. Oh, army, huh? Yeah, almost seven years. Now I will hold the cable car steady while you get in.
3: Hey, that sure looks like a long way down. You sure
4: you've been checked out on this gadget? Checked out? This cable car, you know how to operate it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is very simple. You see, this button starts the motor. So, now this lever, to go forward, we pull it back. And to go back, we push it forward. You know, that sounds real logical. We go forward. So.
3: Hey, that bank sure drops
4: away in a hurry. Yeah. How deep is this gully, anyway? I'm glad you asked that question, Herr Mitchell. What? I will let you find out for yourself how deep it is. Hey, what's the big... Uh Uh-oh. We know why you're in Switzerland, Mitchell. We cannot pay as much as uncle moneybags. Therefore, we stop you before you arrive. Now, over the side. You mean jump just like that? I will help you with a bullet if you prefer. Now,
3: look, Rudy, why don't you play it smart? Take the money I brought and...
4: And while I'm close, give you the opportunity to grab this gun? No, Herr Mitchell... We are trained to omit foolish mistakes.
3: Look, uh, you said you were an army man.
4: It will not help you to
3: stall. I also remember from my midshipman days that military habits are hard to break. I do not understand. Simply this. Acton!
4: You tricked me! Thanks for snapping to attention. Now drop this gun or I'll break your arm. It went over the side, Mitchell. Yeah. Now it is man to man. Look, you made your pitch and you failed. Now let's leave it there. I was sent to kill you. I shall push you out. Look, Buster, I'm giving you one out. Now take it. One of us is going over the side. Not me, Buster. No, no, Mitchell, grab me! I'm slipping.
3: (laughs) Oh, brother. Bartender. Yeah, you uh, would like a drink? Yeah, I could use one right now. Scotch. Yeah. Is the owner of this inn around anywhere? He, are. yeah, Herr
1: Baumgartner. See over at the corner table. Okay. Thank you.
5: Oh.
3: Oh, I'm so sorry.
5: Oh, it was my fault. Did I hurt you? Not at all.
3: I spilled your drink.
5: Oh, that's all right. I wasn't looking where I was going. Well, let me buy you another one. No, thank you. But I No, you. really. Uh, I tell you, I will take, uh, what do you call it, a rain check?
3: Yeah, a rain check. Okay, that's the date. See you later. Good evening.
6: Is your name Baumgartner? Yeah. I'd like to talk to you. Please, sit down. What? What? Uh, let us not talk until the music's over. Look, I want to talk now. My
3: name's Mitchell, Steve Mitchell. You surprised to see me? But of course not, Herr Mitchell. I've been expecting you. Yeah? Well, I wasn't a very cordial welcome your stooge tried to give me in that cable
6: car. What? Please, Herr Mitchell. I'm very fond of this music. It's the very bust, you know. Uh, the Moza Boom. The what? The Moza Boom. Oh, the Moza Boys. Isn't that good to listen to? Yeah, yeah, Great. But right now, I've got more
3: in my mind than yodeling. We're going to have a talk, so quit stalling.
6: Uh, Well,
3: very well. Come, we'll go into the back room. Okay. Just one thing, though. Yeah? Have you got another ape waiting for me in there? Ape? (laughs)
6: But I do not understand.
3: Oh, well, never mind. Come on.
6: After you, Herr Mitchell. Okay. Here, let's sit down. Now... What is all this uh, suspicion of me?
3: You sent a strong arm named Rudy to pick me up and polish me off.
6: Herr Mitchell, why should I want to, as you say, polish you off? I want to do business with you.
3: Then where did this Rudy come from?
6: The man I sent to bring you here was named Otto. This Rudy was undoubtedly working for one of the people... who are bidding for the document we're both concerned with.
3: Well, maybe. Look, speaking of that document... Our information is that you know who has it and are willing to act as a go-between. Your information is
6: accurate, Herr Mitchell. Do you uh, know the document is still in existence? I've seen it. It's now in a safe deposit box in Bern. But that doesn't matter, any of it. The point is, you will do business directly with me. I'm representing the owner of the document. Now, I've already been approached by two different bidders. I'm sure the United States will pay more than either of them. Uh... How much are you prepared to offer, Herr Mitchell?
3: Not one cent, Baumgartner.
6: <laughs> you know, it's good to see a man with a sense of humor, even at a time like this. <laughs> but uh, let's be serious. I am serious. Herr Mitchell, do not try my patience. I've been instructed to sell that document for the equivalent of $100,000. If not to you, and to others.
3: Look... You know that piece of paper could do a certain country a lot of harm if it fell into the wrong hands.
6: It will do you no good to come here with your Boy Scout talk. I am not interested in the harm the document can do to anyone else. I am interested in the good it can do me. And its owner, of course. You're wasting my time, Herr Mitchell. I could be listening to the music. Look, Baumgartner... There is no use prolonging this silly conversation. Unless you make a definite offer, you leave me no recourse but to sell to the highest bidder.
3: I wouldn't want you to do that. Well, maybe I can raise some money and get in on the bidding.
6: Oh, this attitude I like better. However, I shall accept the highest bid that I've had. I will deliver the keys to the document safe deposit box tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. You have until then. If you bring a better offer, the key is yours. Otherwise... Yeah,
3: yeah, I get it.
6: Well, then I'd better get back to interlocking right away. I will send my bartender with you to see that you arrive safely. I do not want anything to happen to you, Mitchell, because I believe that your bid will be the highest.
5: Look.
3: Can't you make this contraption move a little faster? Fritz, it's like a deep freezer with a fan turned on. (laughs) We are almost to the end of the line.
7: Indeed, you are, my friend.
3: Hey, who's that over there on the bank? I don't know him. Well, just to be safe, put this thing in reverse.
7: Oh, it will not go into reverse. We saw to that. He he is right. It is jammed. Oh, great. And now, as you said, you are indeed at the end of the line, Mitchell. Who are you? Oh, my name is Geylach. Uh, would you and your companion kindly step out, please? What
3: do you want? Hans? Yeah. Drag him out. Yeah. Hey, look. Gun or no gun, get this big ape away from me. Go. Okay, buster. Oh, Mitchell, I am so
7: sorry that you did that. It, it shows that just because I am a, a little man, you are not impressed by me. Oh, dear. It is always this way. I am such a mild little man, so no one is impressed. And therefore, I must
3: make people impressed. Well, never mind the lecture. Where is this leading?
7: Mitchell, tonight you killed one of my men. Oh, Rudy, the guy in the bucket? The same. And now... <laughs> An eye for an
3: eye. Hans. Yeah? Shoot the little one. Wait a minute. You can't kill Fritz in cold blood for something he had nothing to do with. Oh, Mitchell, you are not impressed. Oh, dear. Hans. Wait. No! (laughs) No! Good Lord, what kind of a man are you? Uh, The kind of
7: man who will kill you, Mitchell, if you do not give me the document. Gerlach, I don't have it. You came to buy it, you saw Baumgartner, and so it follows that you have the document. Now, please, Mr. Mitchell, take pity on me. It's quite cold up here. I would much rather be in front of a warm fire. I am sure that your conscience would bother you if you made me catch cold. Yeah, I'd hate myself in the morning, I
3: suppose. Look. I don't have it, and I don't know where it is.
7: Oh, dear.
3: Very well, Hans. Proceed. Hey, look, if you think I'm going to hold still while this jughead works over me... Hans!
0: Yeah.
3: Again,
7: Hans. Only this time, use the butt of your rifle. Yeah. Listen, you big gorilla, I'll...
3: Oh,
7: that's lovely. Now, Hans, you may kick him. Again. That's enough to soften him up. Any more would be cruel. Uh, Roll the bartender's body into the gorge, and then we shall take Mitchell to my house in Interlaken. Welcome back, Herr Mitchell.
3: Oh, my ribs feel like a football field. Yes,
7: Uncle, you can thank Hans for that. Yeah, and I have more for you. No hurry, I can wait. Uh, and now, Mitchell, we resume our negotiations. Like I told you, I don't have it. Yes, we know that we searched you, but you do know its whereabouts. Hmm? Hans, uh,
3: perhaps... Uh,
7: Hammer lock?
8: Yeah. Hey, hey, cut it out. <laughs>
3: it isn't going to do you any
7: good, Earl. <laughs> oh, that's for sure. It will not do you any good either, Mitchell. A little more pressure. You huh? got my thumb practically up to my ear. Just a little more. <sighs> uh, wait. Ah, uh, at last hands release some.
3: Well, oh, that's better. Look, I, I'm kind of groggy. I could do with some fresh air. Oh,
7: but of course, Mitchell. Oh, man, you have been through a great deal. Uh, Open the window and get your fresh air. And then we
3: shall talk. I stumbled over to the window. I was in a hole, but good. These kids were playing for keeps. Something moved in the street. There was a girl leaning out of a car window. It looked like the girl I'd bumped into up at the Jungfrau Inn. She waved again, and I got the message, but quick. I slumped over against the window like I was passing out. Hans, help him. I heard Hans coming up behind me. I swung my fist around hard. It connected with his stomach. He bounced back into Gerlach. The two of them went down. I dove out the window. Hans, quick
5: after him. Over here. Hurry. Yeah. Quick, get into the car.
3: Okay. Give her the gas.
5: I will turn at the first corner. I think we can shake them off.
3: Hey, look. You're the girl I bumped into up at the Jungfrau Inn.
5: That's right.
3: Well, not that I wasn't glad to see you just now, but what were you doing parked in front of Gerlach's place?
5: I came down in the cable car just ahead of you. I saw what happened to you, so I followed you.
3: I'm sure glad you did, uh, uh, Miss...
5: Lisa. Lisa Strauss.
3: Lisa? I'm Steve Mitchell. Where are we going?
5: I think we've lost them by now. You are... You're bleeding, Mr. Mitchell. I will take you to my apartment. I can bandage your cuts there.
3: Thanks. Anywhere's all right with me, as long as it's where that character Gerlock isn't.
5: Are you feeling any better now, Steve?
3: Only about a thousand percent. Hey, remind me to take first aid lessons from you sometime, Lisa. (laughs)
5: How about a drink, Steve?
3: (laughs) You think of everything, don't you?
5: Well, when we bumped into each other at the inn, you promised me a rain check, remember? Here you are.
3: Thanks. Well, happy rain check.
5: You know, it is very fitting, this rain check. What do you mean? Because for you, it is going to start raining. Right now. Don't move, Steve, or I will shoot.
3: (laughs) You too, Lisa.
5: Yes, Steve. I'm sorry. Why? I could like you very much.
3: Then, honey, let's... Do not
5: edge toward me, Steve. I have shot men before. But never one I liked so well,
3: so soon. Look, Lisa, let's put up that gun and concentrate on getting acquainted.
5: No, no. It would be fun, but uh, this is important to my country.
3: Where do you come in?
5: Gerlach did not get the document from you. Therefore, you did not have it.
3: Well, that's what I tried to tell him. I'm glad you're smart enough to know it.
5: I am also smart enough to know that you must be killed. Why? Because you can bid more than I am prepared to offer.
3: Would you mind telling me who's going to do this little job
5: for you? For me? Mm. No one. I will do it myself.
3: You... You know, I believe you would.
5: Not would, Steve. Will Obviously, I cannot do it in here, in my apartment.
3: Well, that's a relief.
5: We will go for a little drive. Just the two of us. Now, wait a minute. Come on, move. Keep both hands on the steering wheel, Steve.
3: Don't worry. With that blue steel tickling my ribs, I'll behave. Where are we going?
5: Out of the city a little way.
3: Look, what good's it gonna do you to kill me?
5: I don't like competition, Steve. I know you are determined to get that letter, but I am more determined than you are. Steve! Steve, watch out! You're heading for that parked car in front of us! So I see. Slow down, Steve! Oh, I know. You will hit it!
3: Yeah, that's the point, Sorry to jolt you, baby.
5: Let go of my wrist.
3: Let go of the gun.
5: And if I do not?
3: I've never broken a woman's wrist before, but I guess there's always a first time.
5: You would not do it. Oh, wouldn't I? I... That's better. You, you, you surprised me, Steve. You're not as soft as I thought. Well, what will you do now? Turn me over to the police?
3: Well, maybe I should. After all, you were trying to kill me, but I also remember you saved my life an hour ago. No, Lisa, I'm not going to turn you over to the police.
5: <laughs> you are a strange man, Steve. In turning me loose, you are making the biggest mistake of your life.
3: Maybe. Well, time will tell. I'll be seeing you, Lisa. Well, along about now, I'm ready to toss in the sponge... It's only a matter of time until Baumgartner contacts Gerlach or Lisa and the highest bidder will be waiting at 10 o'clock to claim the key to the safety deposit box and burn. I had no money to offer and I couldn't scare Baumgartner into giving me the document. Baumgartner was more afraid of Gerlock and Lisa than he was of me. Then a crazy idea hit me. It might work. Fear does talk louder than money and maybe Gerlach and Lisa could do a little bit of work for me without knowing it. That night... I time my arrival at the Jungfrau Inn. It's nine as I open the front door.
6: Ah, good evening, Herr Mitchell. Hello, Baumgartner. I see their Moser BBs are still being it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, such music. Oh, it's a delight to my soul. But I'm glad to see you back tonight, Herr Mitchell. It indicates you've changed your mind about that document. (laughs) Now, how much are you prepared to bid for it? Baumgartner... You told me you're just
3: acting as a go-between in this deal, but I've got a pretty strong hunch that there is no other man. I think you've got the document and dreamed up this story about being just a go-between to protect yourself. I do not understand the purpose of these remarks. No purpose, really. All right, then let's get down to business. How much are you prepared to bid? You misunderstand, Baumgartner.
6: I just came up here to tell you goodbye. Ah, Mitchell. Sometimes I find your sense of humor very annoying. It's no joke. My train leaves for Bern in about two hours. You are serious? Yep. So long. But I do not understand
3: the key. I think you will understand before long. Goodbye.
6: But, but,
5: uh, Herr Mitchell.
3: Well, hello, Lisa.
5: Hello, Steve.
3: You must like this inn.
5: Let us say rather that I like you.
3: Yeah, sure. You proved that the last time we were together.
5: I'm afraid you were a little too clever for me then. <laughs>
3: Well, it doesn't matter anymore, Lisa. What do you mean? I'm taking my key and I'm leaving on the train to Bern in a couple of hours.
5: Key? Leaving? You admit defeat, then.
3: I didn't say that. I just said I was leaving. Well, so long, Lisa. It was nice while it lasted, and I'm glad it didn't last a minute longer. But
5: wait. I do not understand. If well, if you are leaving, that means that bomb got. It just
3: means I'm leaving. So long, Lisa. Oh! Oh, looking for me, Hans? Here I am. That's one I owe you. Here's another. And here's one for Gerlach. Give him a message for me, Hans. Tell him I've got the key. Tell him it's too late. I'm leaving on the train to burn. Don't forget.
4: Here's your compartment, sir. Number five. Thanks, conductor.
3: When do we arrive in
4: Oh, Late tonight. Mm-hmm. A little
3: stuffy in here.
4: Oh, open the window if you like.
3: Right. See you later.
6: Mitchell! Mitchell! Well, hello, Baumgartner. Mitchell, what have you done to me? I don't know what you mean. But you must. Shortly after you left, Gerlach, he came to the inn and tried to kill me. Well, maybe he doesn't like you. Mitchell, this is serious. I escaped out the back door, but he followed me here. He's on the train. What about the girl? She saw it all. She, too, is here. What did you tell them? Well, have a seat, and I'll explain it. There isn't much time. They're searching the compartments. Well,
3: then i better talk fast. Yesterday you called the highest bidder and told him that he or she could claim the key to the safe deposit box at 10 o'clock tonight. Yeah, yeah, all this I know. I had to know who was the highest bidder. Tonight when I told Lisa I was leaving with the key, it meant nothing to her. That left Gerlach. Oh, this too, I know. When I left early mentioning the key, they both thought you had sold the document to me. So that's why Gerlach tried to kill me. That's right. When Lisa learned about that, she smelled the double-cross and started on her own. But
6: I didn't double-cross the... You
3: know that. Well, in that case, you have nothing to worry about. When they find you, if you have time before they shoot you, just tell them the truth and...
6: You must tell them. You are the only one who can save my life. Why don't you go to the police? You know I cannot ask their protection in this
3: matter. Well, then, you'd better make a deal with me. Now, you got that key to the safe deposit box on you? But of course. Well, give it to me. I'll tell Gerlach... And the girl, if you don't have it.
6: But I'll get nothing, no money, nothing. Well,
3: the other way, you'll wind up dead, still with nothing. Come on, make up your mind, yes or no. Oh, but it's unfair. Someone it's, coming down the corridor.
6: It's it's a woman's steps.
3: Probably, Lisa. What's it going to be, Baumgartner?
6: I, I... Oh, all right. Anything. Here. Here's the key.
3: Thanks. Now get over there behind the door. And keep yourself you may behind the... You both
6: stay where
5: you are. I, uh, Hello,
3: Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> Looks like you've got quite a collection of guns.
5: Yes, but soon it will be a collection of keys. Baumgartner, you will be first. No, You no. promised to sell that document to me. Instead, you sold it to Steve Mitchell.
6: No, it's not true.
3: <laughs> M- Mitchell, tell her. Yeah, maybe I had better explain. You see, Lisa... Save wh- your
7: explanations for me, Mitchell. Gerlach. Grab the gun, Lisa.
3: Uh, no. No. Drop it. grab it, Lisa. He means
6: business.
5: So do I. <laughs> <laughs> Gerlach.
6: Why, you... Mitchell, let go of me! I... You bet. Ah. Uh. You knocked him out, Mitchell.
3: Yeah, but not in time to save Lisa, though.
6: But in time to save me.
3: What, Baumgartner?
6: Yeah. Ah, I have Galas gun now, Mitchell. Give me back that key.
3: I guess I should have known I couldn't trust Take you. Take that key out of your pocket and give it to me at once. Well, okay, Baumgartner. Here's the key.
6: Catch. Mitchell, you threw the key out the
3: window. Yeah.
6: On purpose. On purpose. I'll pull the emergency stop.
3: Hey. Hey, where are you going?
6: I'm going after that key, and I'll get it back. Right. Happy hunting.
4: Who pulled the emergency stop? The who guy, did it?
3: The guy who just jumped off the train, conductor.
4: Wait. His body's on the floor. Then it was a shot, I heard.
3: Yeah. The unconscious guy's name is Gerlach. He killed the girl there. But
4: I did not understand it. You say a man jumped off the train. Why?
3: He's looking for a key in the snow out there somewhere. A key? Yeah, I threw it out the window. You know, I give a lot to see his face when he finds it. Why? It's the key to my apartment back in the States.
4: But is the key that valuable?
3: Well, it's not half as valuable as the one I've still got in my pocket. Now, well, come on, conductor. Let's get this train moving again. I've got a date and burn. Oh. Oh, no. This date is with a safe deposit box. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
1: Just heard another episode in the exciting new adventure series Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Dangerous Assignment is written by Bob Reif, with music by Bruce Ashley, and was directed tonight by Max Hutto. Be with us again next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another Dangerous Assignment. Be sure to hear Elizabeth Taylor on Cavalcade of America tomorrow on NBC.
0: Welcome back. Well, I hope Steve has a duplicate key in New York City. The whole Octung thing uh, working on the ski lift was silly. So, I guess if I'm ever captured by a former German army officer in peril of my life, I might give it a shot. If I survive, I'll let you know how that works out. Now, I'm not certain. In fact, I would actually be surprised if it were the case that the United States would never pay blackmail. But there really is a dilemma on those sort of issues. And we see it today with uh, things like ransomware on computers. If you're a company and you have vital data that is compromised, that you need to do your business, that is held ransom by a computer program, that's threatening to delete it or to disclose it if you don't pay up, then you may want to go ahead and pay the ransom. I listened to an episode of the Malicious Life podcast not too long ago where they interviewed someone who was a negotiator for these sort of ransomware attacks, where he would try to get the corporations the best possible arrangement with the attackers to get their data back and under their control. And it was a fascinating piece. Of course, the problem is that uh, you... Pay the ransom and it uh, continues to encourage the crime. And so now you have this huge cybercrime industry that's making fortunes off of ransoming uh, companies' data with those proceeds often going to finance some very dangerous activities. The good thing about the 1950s, though, is all we needed was Steve Mitchell to trick the blackmailer into providing the key. And I think Steve, of course, did a really good job with this. And I think Steve is very, very cunning. That's what I think we've gotten over the past uh, dozen episodes or so. And there's probably nothing he does better with than being thrown into a situation where there are multiple sides playing already in addition to him because then he can manipulate them to his own purposes. That, I think, is where he really shines. I also do feel like he may be going to Switzerland quite a bit. This is the second episode in Switzerland, and we're only 13 episodes in. And I actually am aware of another episode in Switzerland. We'll see how many more there are. Switzerland, I think, is an interesting location for Dangerous Assignment to play with because of its historic neutrality. This means that Steve really can't rely on help from local law enforcement, but he's not in a sort of behind-the-iron-curtain situation. Of course, the intro also stands out, particularly from The Man Called X, by being so vague about its... Countries, you know, and The Man Called X would occasionally have made up or vague countries, but Dangerous Assignment really leans into it, as if to say the international politics doesn't really matter. Particularly to Steve, his job is just to fix the problem, so that's what the focus is going to be. I do have a clarifying news story, which we don't get often in an old-time radio program, but a few weeks ago, we played the episode, Who Killed Captain Rock? And I went ahead, and I poked fun at the idea of doubles that was being uh, expressed uh, in that episode, and often in Golden Age Entertainment's. And uh, there was uh, there was an article that came out this past week uh, from CNN, and the headline is "You Have a Doppelganger and Probably Share DNA with Them." New study suggests. Uh, and so, I my curiosity was piqued, and so I went ahead and read about it. Now, I do have a shocking uh, statement. The headline slightly oversold what had happened and what the study showed. What they did for this particular study is they took 32 pairs of people who had been identified as lookalikes. And these people were not related, had no common ancestors for the past hundred years. And so they took Pictures of these people and put them through facial recognition software. And of those uh, 32 pairs, 16 pairs were close enough on the uh, facial recognition software that they were essentially as similar as identical twins. And then they went ahead and ran their DNA and found that these unrelated lookalikes had several uh, DNA variants that were actually similar. Now, a story like this does make the resemblance between Steve Mitchell and Captain Rock seem a bit more plausible. In fact, uh, a couple of these unrelated doppelgangers were actually friends who live in the same city, and they said that they get mistaken for each other all over Atlanta, where they live. So, it seems like it's... Possible that Steve and Captain Rock look so alike that they'd be assumed to be identical, even fairly close up. Of course, that does still leave some issues like the voice. For our modern world, it does raise questions, if doppelgangers are somewhat common, uh, that there may be a situation where facial recognition software is misidentifying people, although that's been a case in other circumstances. Now, as I said, the story does oversell You know, if you read the headline, you would think, Okay, well, this really strongly suggests that everyone on planet Earth has a doppelganger somehow. But it's a lot weaker than that because at the end of the day, you know, you're comparing 16 pairs of human beings, all of them of uh, European heritage uh, in one way or another. So we don't know. So how does it apply to people whose ancestry goes uh, more towards Asia or Africa or Pacific Islander, we really don't know. And they, the researchers themselves said that if it were done on a larger sample, there might be different results. One of the uh, scientists who was involved in the study said, I think all of us right now have somebody that looks like us a double. But I don't think they actually proved that in the study. But it's an interesting theory. It's certainly one that I take a little bit more seriously than before I read the article. When vintage entertainment shows say... Everyone out there has a double somewhere. They're not taking something that's completely ludicrous and making it a rule of the universe. Rather, they're taking something that is still somewhat theoretical with maybe a bit of evidence behind it and using it for dramatic effect and also to give the lead actors a chance to... Play a different character. It's kind of like when stories use time travel or alternate dimensions, only slightly more plausible. So, you do learn something new every day, and so I stand not totally corrected, then at least somewhat more humble about the whole question. Now, let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Claudia, Patreon supporter since October. October of 2021. Currently supporting us at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Again, thank you so much for your support, Claudia. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to rate and review wherever you download your podcast from. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Dangerous Assignment. Join us back here tomorrow for an episode of Philo Vance, where... Hello,
8: Crowder. Remember me, Philo Vance? Ah, Vance. Sure, sure, I remember you. Sit down. All right down to watch my show? No, I came down to see you. I went to headquarters to find you, but Sergeant Heath told me you were out on bail. Oh, that robbery rap. The Wellington Loan Company thing, you mean? Yes. Yeah, I think they got me on that one, Vance. I was a sucker to leave prints, but when that alarm went off, I just wanted to get out of there. That's how Sergeant Heath reasons. Carter, did you know Tick-Tock Maxwell? The guy who was killed the other night? Yeah, I knew him. Casually, of course. That's not the way I hear it. I understand you were his partner. News sure gets around, doesn't it? I see what's on your mind, Vance. You think maybe I killed him. Uh Uh-uh. I was robbing a safe at the Wellington Company when he was knocked off. It was the same time, I understand. Lucky for me, I get an alibi. Yes, it is. You really take over for him now, don't you? You're the number one boss now. So people keep telling me. You want to know the truth, Vance? I'm retired. I'm going in the show business. I'm back in this show here. I'll have something going for me when I get out after taking the rap. The jury's going to give me on that safe job. Of course, I don't believe you're retired, but I don't suppose that interests you. What don't interest me is you around here. You want to get lost, Vance, or you want I should throw you out? It might be fun having you.
0: I hope you'll join us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box 13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at RadioDetectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.